Hey, BizCast fans, it's Nathan here. Don't forget to register for this year's Breakfast with the Best event coming up on September 21st in downtown Manchester. It's going to be a great event. We're celebrating our best companies to work for as recognized in the September issue of Business NH Magazine. We'll have Culture Fest 2023, panels of experts, and great breakfast. Don't forget to join us. More at businessnhmagazine.com slash events. In the current talent war to recruit and retain employees, HR professionals play a critical role. Today, we speak to the owner of Blue Lion, a human resources consulting firm, about what it takes to win the battle for talent. I'm Matt Mowry, executive editor of Business NH Magazine. And I'm Nathan Carroll, chief growth officer of Granite Media Group and founder of Cardinal Consulting, and welcome to BizCast NH. So today's guest brings up a big question for me. Have I ever been fired? uh, Well, (laughs) I was going to say, why can't people adults at work? But let's talk about that other question. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm a human. So the answer is yes. It's so funny. So as our listeners know, we prepare right a little bit of notes and things like that. And I'm looking, I'm looking at the notes uh, and uh, it was what have you ever had an HR issue or why can't people adult at work? And I was like, what you really want to know is, have I ever had an HR issue? And the answer is yes. (laughs) What, (laughs) What did you get called to HR for and how did they handle it? I want all the dirt. Let's spill some tea. I don't remember. (laughs) I was, um, I was probably, oh, there was one time where I was working in hospitality and I was ticked off that I had to work on Christmas. Um, And so I got the, I got the team ready. And um, then I said, I'm leaving. And I left. And I really didn't tell anybody except for like the immediate people that I worked with who were just like hourlies and were just doing their thing and pissed, pissed off as I was to work on Christmas. And I was like, I'm leaving. And then I got, next time I came in, they were like, we need to see you. And I was like, oh, no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> dun, dun, I, yeah, dun. But I knew I was also leaving that gig. So I was like, I'm, I'm out, guys. I'm, I'll see you. See, I've worked in this industry my entire career. So it's one of the few industries that really does need HR people, but few <laughs> times does not have them, um, at least during my tenures. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've always been amazed, though, at, I, I mean, God bless HR people. Uh, yeah. Because I, my brother-in-law is one. And, you know, I, I always tell him, like, I, I don't know how you do it. I mean, on top of all the compliance issues and, and making sure everything is intact and keeping, you know, the culture going, all that, you're the one that has to just basically be a glorified babysitter for Mm -hmm. adults that Mm -hmm. just can't manage to get through their day some Mm -hmm. days. Like, I'm always going like, really? Someone didn't know that comment wasn't appropriate for work. Really? (laughs) Really? You need that education? 2023. Let's stop touching each other at work. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. It's like kindergarten. (laughs) Keep your hands to yourself. Right. Use your polite words. Yeah. Indoor voices, everybody. Temper tantrums are not allowed. (laughs) Although, I have to say, I have probably been guilty oh. of that one. Um, oh, but yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. Temper tantrum. So yeah. all I have to say is to all the HR people out there, we salute you. Thank you. And God bless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Especially nowadays. Right. And 
I think we should just dive in because there's so much oh, to cover with God. our guest today Whew. in the the talent Short, wars we yeah. find ourselves in. Exactly. So to that note, our guest this week is Allison Milioto. Allison is the co-founder and owner of Blue Lion, a human resources consulting firm. She has over 11 years experience in operations and over eight years experience in human resources. And Allison's passion is working with businesses to improve their processes and procedures to better allow them to attract and retain talent and provide a positive, healthy, and balanced work environment. Allison specializes in viewing a company's processes on a granular level and streamlining these functions to connect the organization's strategic big picture goals. And in her personal time, Allison loves giving back to her community. She sits on the board of Make-A-Wish of New Hampshire and donates her time to their charitable events. She loves the North Country of Maine, enjoying the great outdoors, hiking, and snowmobiling as well. Welcome, Allison. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, having me. We had to put you through, um, you know, a little bit of banter prior, and I'm sure you uh, have some stories. How did we do our description, though? (laughs) I loved it. First off, you nailed it. Um, They are toddlers. We often refer to our employees as toddlers. Um, It is like a daycare some days. The the best part is you never know what you're going to get. It's like a box of chocolates. It is like, oh, how about that? How about that? So speaking of you never know what you're going to get, um, when did you know that this is what you were going to get? In terms of your your journey, how did you uh, get here? How did this become your, your passion, your life's work, as it were? Um, let us know a little bit about that. Yeah. Like probably over half the people that end up in HR, you get there some other way. So most people that end up in HR are via some other career or career path. Mm. Mine was operations. So I was the vice president of operations at another firm and eventually saw that I was overseeing, you know, four managers, 60 staff below them, a lot of people problems, a lot of things you're dealing with, with interpersonal skills and development skills and, and just people. And when we started the business, originally, we were going to be operations and HR. Uh, My business partner's background was HR. She did go to school for HR. And then as the business grew, I just found I had a lot more passion for the people side of it, a Mm -hmm. lot more passion for helping people figure out their people problems. A lot of times they think they have a process problem, but really it might just be a people problem. So that's really where it came from. Nice. Just kind of digging in and, and finding what the problem is. And then you, of course, have the ability to, to fix it, whether it is a process or a, a people yeah. problem. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So in today's day and age, this post-COVID era, uh, this low unemployment um, era we find ourselves in, HR has never been as critical as ever. I mean, it's always been a critical role, but I think it's opened the eyes of people just how important it is to write, have the right people in HR. So much for us to dive into. So my first question, obviously, and on the minds of all of our listeners and our readers is, and it's so hard to find talent nowadays. What are some of the key things that companies are doing to be able to attract and retain the talent they want? What does it take today in essentially this buyer's market? Yeah. So uh, simple answer is a magic wand. Uh, When we we can find the magic wand, yeah, it really starts with your company branding. 
When people think about hiring, they're thinking about needing to fill a solution today. And we're now in a marketplace where you have to think about the future of your business. And it really starts with branding your company and branding you know, what you want your culture to look like, what you want people outside your organization to perceive your organization. An example I always use is Southwest. Anyone knows that if you work mm. at Southwest, they have a certain brand and a culture. Right. They actually don't hold interviews. They hold auditions. So it's very important to them that they their employees have a certain personality. You know that as a consumer. So we are getting to a space where it's now becoming a requirement in order to attract and retain great talent. You have to brand your business as a place people want to work. You have to brand it through your social media, through your website, and really getting people to understand and connect with your branding. So it's more of a marketing process before it becomes a recruiting process. When you get into the recruiting process, it is a recruiting process now and not a hiring process. Mm. It's very hard to post on Indeed or ZipRecruiter and just have applicants flowing in. There are certain professions that still does happen, but for the majority of them, you are needing to actually go and find the person that you want to hire. You're having to engage with them, you know, interact with them before you need them, look at their LinkedIn and kind of scope them out. You had mentioned the unemployment rate. Our unemployment rate right now is at a level of what uh, most considered to be the unemployable, mm -hmm. meaning the people that are not working are really not meant to be in the workforce, whether it be due to disabilities or other personal things that are going on. Mm -hmm. They're not really meant to be working. So we're kind of at a 100% employed rate. Right. With a 100% employed rate, every person you're hiring, you're creating another vacancy. So they're coming from somewhere to work for you. Mm. So it's kind of just like swapping playing cards at this yeah. point. So it's like a good game of Pokemon we've got going oh on <laughs> on whose cards getting put where. So it's really become more of a, a branding in the, in the front and then more of a recruiting rather than mm -hmm. hiring. But well, it really all goes back to your brand and your culture. Absolutely. I mean, well, and the, the thing too is because you can go anywhere and get for the most part, anywhere, and get a reasonable wage and certain benefits. So it's almost like it's beyond that now. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, okay, I want to, I'm going to go from here to here to make a little bit more money. But there's, yeah, it, it's just, it's a different game than it used to be where you're like, oh, they offer health and dental. And, a 401k. And a 401k. Isn't How that magical? Right? Oh my yeah. God, I can save for retirement. Standard, you know? yeah. Health um, insurance, vision, dental, um, 401ks, yeah. they're becoming standard benefits. Right. We also have a population of the millennials and the Zoomers mm. that are wanting more than just a paycheck. Mm -hmm. They want social mission. They want to work for a company that has a cause. They have come to the realization, which we all did at some point in our lives, yeah. that you spend more time at work than you do with your family. Yeah. So they want whatever they're putting their time and effort into to be impactful, to be socially responsible, to have something greater. So a lot of companies are finding that they're needing to make a social mission part of their culture, whether it be, you know, my company supports Make-A-Wish New Hampshire, whatever mm. it is that they do, really ingraining that in part of their culture. Again, it comes back to the branding. What does your company speak for? Mm -hmm. So let's hit on that for a second on your company. So Blue Lion is an HR consultant. You're an basically outsourced HR, correct? correct? So why and, and how does a company do that versus having an HR department? Yeah, so 
We're typically working with companies that are under 50 employees mm. and they don't need a full-time HR person. Okay. So as soon as you have one employee, you have to be in compliance. You know, Matt mentioned that at the beginning. You mm-hmm. have to be in compliance. Um, you, there are certain rules and regulations you have to follow. And anyone that owns a business knows there's not necessarily a class you ha- are required to take before you start a business. <laughs> so you, you get your magical tax ID number, you register your name with the state, and magically I now have a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really help those companies to figure out what does it mean to hire? What do I need to do when I hire? And then up until usually around 40 or 50, depending on your industry and depending on your turnover, you yeah. may not need a full-time in-house HR person. So we can become that fractional resource. We also are great for companies that can't afford an executive level HR person, mm. but they want it on a fractional basis. Got so it. some of our clients actually have in-house HR generalists, and then we come in as a level above them to oversee them and guide them so that they can get that full-time HR person, but then they also have someone to sit at the executive table by hiring us at that fractional basis. Ah, okay. And going back to the rebranding mm. discussion, what is the, but what does it mean to, re, to, to brand yourself as an employer? So, so many businesses are used to communicating with their customer, but may not be as aware of what they need to do to brand themselves as an employer. They may go, well, don't they just go to our website and see what we tell our customers? What do you have to do differently, whether it's on your website or however? How do you brand yourself as an employer in this day and age? Yeah, a lot of it is is being done through social media. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our clients that are very s- successful in this, they'll have TikToks. They'll have social media channels that are specifically for engaging with their employees customers, but using their employers, employees, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you all have seen those TikToks where someone's going around the office and saying, you know, where, what time did Usher get in his car or whatever the song is. And so they're, they're seeing if their staff knows these songs from the nineties. And of course the zoomers and the millennials don't. So it's just fun. It's fun banter. So what they're doing is they're putting faces to their company. Mm. So by having these little skits and these little vignettes that are not necessarily anything to do with the fact that they're a plumbing and heating company, but instead they're doing the latest TikTok craze of skipping down the hallway, they're making themselves a human. So they're bringing the human back to the forefront, Mm. which allows their customers to connect. And then when you're thinking about where you want to work, well, I want to work where they're skipping down the hallway. That sounds like fun. That's so, fun. Right? And then you're also <laughs> using the social responsibility. So obviously, whatever they're doing to add a cause, um, you know, some employers even do, rather than picking an organization to support, they allow their staff to individually. So an example, my company also offers, all of our staff gets eight hours a year to dedicate to whatever nonprofit they want, whatever charity they want to give their time to, featuring those on your social media and saying, okay, well, today Bob's going here and look at what Sally did with her time and really just making it visible that what you're doing behind the scenes. So sometimes for us as humans, and especially as a business owner, I don't necessarily do those things because I want the accolades. I want people to say, you're a great employer. But we have to remember it's about sharing our message Mm. so that I can get the next great employee, so that the next employee can see what we're doing and all the great things that we're doing. And it's not just marketing. So some people try and hide that kind of stuff because they're like, I don't do it for the recognition. But we have to get into the mindset of you're not doing it for recognition, you're doing it so that your next employee comes to your door to work for you because they know what a great organization you are. 
You're like a, a social media consultant and an HR consultant. This is great. Marketing the, and the HR. Funny part you kind of have to be. The funny part is I'm horrible at social media. <laughs> but you get the right people. So it's just like fractional HR. Same yeah. thing with fractional social. You hire the right people. My yeah. business partner, thankfully, is great at it. So I just text her all the pictures she does. Nice. So we love those. We love those. Find your people. I asked a little bit about the company itself earlier. Now I want to know the origin of the name Blue Lion. Oh, this is a good one. All right. Um, So my business partner and I worked together in our previous life, and that's how we found each other. In our previous life, the company we worked for had gone through several name changes, and as an operations person, it was a nightmare. And I'm like, we're changing (laughs) again. Great. That's fun. So I told her, if we were going to own a business, I wanted a name that did not define who we are, where we are, or Mm -hmm. what we do. Uh. So in creating our business, her and I, after work several days, would go to Panera and sit there and talk about our five-year plan and our business dreams and what we're doing. And one night, we sat there and came up with our business name. We Googled, how to name your business. And (laughs) it walked us through an exercise. um, And it started with... Uh, colors. Mm -hmm. Red was too masculine for us. Um, She hates orange. I felt pink and purple weren't really speaking to me. Mm. We landed on blue Mm -hmm. and Mm. we decided it was tranquil, calming, Mm. but it's also a primary color. So it's powerful. So we went with blue. Then the next part was uh, (laughs) an inanimate object and we were birch and granite. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's location. We're in New England. Can't Mm -hmm. do that. So we skipped over that one. We weren't having any luck. And then the next was an animal. And instantly we both said lion. The lion watches over the pride. The lion is responsible for making sure everyone's taken care of. They're kind of the quiet one in the background that's getting everything done. Keeps everybody in line when you get a little out of line. I was going to say, until it's time to eat. (laughs) Until it's time to get them in line. Line up, zebras. Um, And then we went with the female lion as our logo because we are women-owned. Nice. Oh, God, I love asking that question because sometimes (laughs) it's just like, you know, I don't know, a Granite Media Group answer. <laughs> and then other times, it's an Allison Miliano and yeah, Blue Lion answer, which yeah. is awesome. Well, and so in short, <laughs> if I ever want to open up a cupcake company, yeah. we can. There you go. Don't there have to change go. the name. Blue Perfect. Lion Cupcakes. Yeah. We're starting cupcakes next <laughs> oh week. <laughs> and you're also a lot of fun. So yeah. clearly, you're like great to work with as well. Oh, I'm fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. Um, if you're great to work with, that must mean your team is great to work with. So yeah. tell us a little bit about your team. So our team is fantastic. We are a fully remote company. We were remote before it was cool, oh, wow. um, which is awesome. I have staff in New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Maine, and then we have one straggler down in North Carolina. She transplanted during COVID. Mm. She's fa- fantastic. We kept her. Um, primarily, we do like to hire people in New England because we do on-site services in New England. Sure. So that works better for us. Um, But our staff is all seasoned HR professionals, which is great. They all come from all different walks of life. We have some that have worked in municipalities, some that have worked nonprofits, some that have worked corporate. And, you know, it all coming together. The great part is when one of our clients needs something, even if their designated rep may not know or have experience, they just simply turn around, tap the rest of the team and can find the resource to help them. So it's been great. When Tony and I started the business five years ago, our five-year plan was to be just the two of us. I mentioned we had 60 employees in our previous life. It was a lot. We were burnt out. And I was like, I need work-life balance. Let's just be us. 
most HR people don't like people. Um, so we were Secrets. tired. Yeah, we were tired. And so we were just going to be the two of us. We were just going to do this consulting gig and it was going to be so fantastic. And then we got really busy and we started hiring at the beginning of 2020. We all know what happened in 2020. Uh, COVID for us, we were very fortunate during COVID. Mm. COVID had poured gasoline on a fire. We had just started kindling. Um, during COVID, employers had no idea what they were doing. We were faced with so many things, PPP, FICRA, layoffs, <laughs> furloughs, uh, coming back to work, returning oh to work. Not only that, but we were blessed with the fact that companies now were so open to remote. Think about in 2019, if you're, someone had come to you and said, we're going to hire HR, but they're not going to be in the building. <laughs> right? Everyone would have been like, no, how can you have HR not right. here? Right. Now they're like, oh God, thank you. I didn't have desk space for you anymore. We got rid of all of that. <laughs> this is fantastic. We don't want you here. We want you remote, less yeah. overhead. So it's been fantastic. We now have uh, 16 staff. Wow. So we went from not, not going to have any to having 16. <laughs> there you uh, go. It's fantastic. Yeah. So you are the perfect person to ask for this next question because you live it and you assist others with it. But you know, we're three years into, you know, from pandemic to post-pandemic and recovery and, and the such. The new normal. The new normal. Don't you dare say no. I know. <laughs> but Swear words. Those effects, you know, it has transformed the way the workplace works. And we now have workplaces in right where being at physically at work was the norm. It is now splintered to hybrid models, to models like ours where we're pretty much fully remote. Um, but those models, we're still figuring them out. Employees love them for the most part, but even employees are finding times that they are like, oh, I miss elements of the office. And for employers, it's now figuring out what does culture look like? You mm -hmm. know, we were so reliant on what to do to push culture when we're all together. So what does that look like when we're not all together? Um, how do you keep people engaged that you see primarily on video screens. Um, so how, what are some of the biggest challenges that employers now that we've kind of settled into this are finding with these models and how are they overcoming it? Yeah, I think it's exactly what you said is that connectivity. Mm. So as being humans, we do have a desire to have a connection. Mm -hmm. And I know for my company in particular, we do have Zoom meetings every other week where our whole team will get on Zoom. We make it fun. We always have some type of icebreaker funny question to get, you know, get everybody relaxed and laughing. And we also require our entire team gets together twice a year. So we actually have our next, we call them pride days, Lions pride. Nice. We have our next pride day coming up in two weeks and we're all going to Mel's tea off over in Litchfield and awesome. we're just going to have fun for the day. Cool. Um, so that's how we keep our team connected. We also strongly encourage them to collaborate and always connecting with each, each other. So using technology, you know, we use teams, there's mm -hmm. other platforms out there. They're constantly in communication with each other. I think the most important thing for any company to realize is everyone's not the same. Everyone connects differently and everyone needs something different to fill their cup. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to take surveys of your staff, communicate with your staff, ask the question, what do you guys want to do? You know, what is something that can keep us connected and getting them to participate? A lot of companies are going to the hybrid model. So a lot of companies have steered away from the fully remote and they are bringing people back in the office, but they're doing it at a pace or at a, you know, kind of what fits for their needs. Mm -hmm. So during the pandemic, 
when a lot of people had the ability to be fully remote, a lot of people moved. There's a lot of people that move states and moved into different places, and not everyone can physically come back to the same office. So as an owner, you also have to ask yourself, is it important enough for me to have people in the office that I'm now going to lose said individual because they mm. no longer are, are capable and they've moved their family away and they're happy where they are now. So really figuring out what works best for your company, whether it is that hybrid model, the you know getting everyone together and flying them all in for one day a year so they can have that connection. But it's definitely a different workspace. You also have a work-life balance and a need for it like we never saw before the pandemic. People when the pandemic required us to slow down, it required us to take time to spend with our family and re reevaluate what's important to us. People have come back to work with different requirements. It is more important for some that they get out at three o'clock to go to their son's baseball game where before they would have given you till six. Now they've realized during COVID that no, that time with my son is more important than whatever paycheck you're giving me on Friday. So really figuring out what means the most because that same person that needs to leave on Tuesdays at three o'clock to go to their son's game would probably come in at five o'clock in the morning just to do it. So don't be so quick to shut the door on people and, you know, that's unacceptable. You can't, you know, leave at three. Instead, I would love for you to go to your son's baseball game. How can we make that work? Yeah. So it's really having that interactive conversation with mm -hmm. your staff to find out why is it so important. And right. then I have an employee who, you know, we thought remote work, people are going to love it. And, and he's like, actually, we were having conversation and they relayed to me, you know, I'm kind of actually feeling kind of isolated here. So we have ranged, we're arranging for a day once a week where we're both in the office together doing yeah. our work but able to have that face to face yeah um and, and you know you realize like oh yeah the, you know that that human connection is really important it's just not the same over that screen uh where for other people that's the only time they want to see right. you yeah, right. Yes. Right. they're like what do you mean i have to have my camera on <laughs> oh god oh no so that yeah. leads to yes exactly. and there's co-working spaces some co-working right. spaces yeah. have popped up for that oh, and gosh, yeah. so one of our employees actually works in a co-working space nice so the at-home thing did not work for her mm. she's like i have little children at home they don't understand that i'm not there right mm -hmm. i'm still there and so yeah popping up in a co-working space also works for some that's people that's great yeah so that conversation kind of leads to another one. And I, I want to start with a caveat. So before we get any emails, no one was implying that all people with disabilities are unemployable. Oh, no. That there is a just like many populations, there's certain segments of the population where due to circumstances, the uh, employment this time is not fit for them. There's obviously many people that add a lot of value to companies that have disabilities. Absolutely. And so, but that leads to another great question though, with between the fact that we are willing to be more remote, which opens up our net for where we can look for employees. Um, how are you advising clients to think differently? Because there are clients, uh, companies where they may not have employed people with disabilities much because they hold a lot of myths about that um, and don't realize that that's a population they can tap into. Or, you know, uh, companies are looking to become more diverse. And while New Hampshire has diversity, it's not as great as in other parts of the country. And this is opening up opportunities. So how are companies rethinking their recruitment strategies to make sure they're looking at populations that they may not have looked at before? Yeah, that's a great point. And you are 100% correct. I absolutely love um, 
your comments at the beginning. The the thing to keep in mind when you're thinking about going cross state lines is that as soon as you hire a remote individual in another state, you have now become an employer in another state. Right. So when the pandemic hit and everybody was temporarily at home, there was a lot of, I'll call it, closing of the eyes. So people were like, we're just not going to talk about it right now. Right. Now that it's become the new normal, mm-hmm. now that it's become where people are staying, you have to open your eyes and be mindful of where you choose to hire. There are certain states that their employment laws are not fun. They're not fun. And we actually have a couple um, bookkeeper clients. So they're local to New Hampshire, based out of New Hampshire. And then they hire bookkeepers all over the country because it's very easy to find help if you have a pool of 50 different states of people to pull from. Mm. However, when you start collecting them like trading cards and you're now up to seven states and you only have eight employees, we might want to slow down. Mm. Um, So keeping in mind that every time you hire an employee in a new state, you're having to add on a new level of compliance, a new addendum to your handbook, a new, new state you're paying unemployment tax to, it's a lot of work. And some employers jump too quickly and they'll get that great candidate and then they hire them. And then they don't realize the cost of doing business in the state they just hired them oh, in. Oh, let's spill some tea if you're willing to. So oh, what where are do you some want of to the stay states of? that may be okay, so let danger me, areas for Let this. me start this with my asterisk so I don't get in trouble again. Yes. I love America. <laughs> I can thing- tell by your fingernails. And I just want to share that with everybody who can't see them. But I was going to ask you about your your pride, and yep, they there's are clearly red, white, some blue. for America right yep, there. America. So continue. So the best <laughs> thing, the one of the things that I love the most about America is that we have 50 states, a few extras if you include Puerto Rico and Washington D.C. The point of that is that they're all individual. They all have their own individual personalities. They some favor employers more than others. Some favor employees more than others. Mm. We're very close to Massachusetts. Massachusetts is a very employee-centric state. What that means is their employment laws lean in favor more often towards the employee than the employer. Mm-hmm. New Hampshire, I would say, is more employer-centric. Sometimes live free or die. <laughs> the uh, state of New York and California are very intense with their labor laws, you can actually become specifically certified in California labor law. Wow. So I'm certified in HR, which is a general HR statement, um, but you can get specifically certified in California law because it is so intense. The laws in New York and California differentiate by state, county, city, and sometimes where in the city you're located. Whoa. Um, so they get very granular out mm. there. I get an email every time a labor law poster changes. And <laughs> California, it's on a daily basis. Something is changing in California. New Hampshire, it was once last year, people. One time. <laughs> One time. Um, so yeah, California and New York is a little intensive and it gets very expensive. You also want to be mindful. You know, We're talking a lot about employees, but there's also 1099s. Mm. So those are when you're having subcontractors. New Hampshire has pretty strict rules on subcontractors, um, but the states in which you're hiring your subcontractors also have their own laws. So you also have to be mindful if you're hiring a 1099 in a different state, what the regulations are in that state for 1099s. Because again, now you're following those guidelines. Great. Which is why you need an HR consultant. Uh, Yeah. I wonder (laughs) where we could find one of those. Oh my word. Um, Before we wrap, I've got a couple of sort of uh, go back to almost the original question of origins of things. Um, Who were you as a kid? (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my gosh, I love that you who just was, asked who is this young question. Allison? <laughs> so my father is in the process of downsizing and just kind of cleaning out the whole house. Mm-hmm. He came over last week with my first grade report card. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. my goodness. The comment essentially said, Allison is a great student but she loves to talk. <laughs> she needs to find a career I I where you. she could utilize this ability. <laughs> and then I laughed at my dad because every report card since then, all the way up through high school, it essentially said, Allison's a great student, but she talks too much. <laughs> so let's just say I have no fear of talking. Um, this past weekend, I had the blessing to be one of the MCs for a huge event for Make-A-Wish. I kept grabbing that microphone like it was my job. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> nice. I would talk in front of a million people. Don't care. Nice. Don't care. So I have never changed. I, I have that. been this way. I will walk into a room and talk to 25 people. Don't care. Love it. Love it. Um, so don't change. Um, mm. Also, what was your first job? I worked at McDonald's. Well, <laughs> I say my first job was McDonald's, okay. but technically, mm-hmm. because I had a need to work for so young, when mm-hmm. I was so young, my first job was working at the racetrack up in um, Loudoun. Oh my wow. At the Speedway, I yeah. sold souvenirs on race weekend, yeah. but that was only two weekends when I was 14. So I consider my first real job yeah. being McDonald's. I was there for six years. Listen, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's I was the manager, good. you know. Whoa. Yeah. And I a big doings. New managing yes. people was going to be <laughs> yeah. in the And I big still doings. see people in Concord uh, near Main Street that uh, recognize me from my days back then. <laughs> And I, I don't know who they are, but I look at them like, ah, oh, number four, super size with the Coke. <laughs> oh How's it going? God. How's it going? You so, are too much. I just want to end on one note, and that is one of my favorite things when I talk to HR people. What are the biggest mistakes companies make when it comes to HR and their employees? Do we have another half hour? Oh, if only. We'll have to bring you back. Yes, Give us um, the highlights of... Where the it's, where are companies running afoul? Yeah, so it's it's I can do it in one. Um, not knowing. Every single time we work with a company, when we find that they're doing something wrong, and I guarantee you, ninety nine point nine companies are doing something wrong. They just didn't know, so they didn't know what they were doing was incorrect because what they're doing, they feel like the employee is getting a better benefit, so they feel like how could this possibly be wrong? Mm. One of the common things is not paying for short breaks. So if a an employee punches out and they only take 15 minutes and they punch back in, mm-hmm. you have to pay for that. Mm-hmm. They have a misconception that their payroll is just going to automatically do what's right, but it doesn't. You have to set your payroll company up to do oh, that. Wow. So making sure that you're fully aware of how things are operating is it's usually around wage an hour. So they're doing mm-hmm. something that they thought was right and it's wrong. Well, we have only skimmed the top of all the topics that we could possibly explore. We'll need to have you come back sometime. Love to. Absolutely. Yeah, Allison, thank you so much. Allison Milioto is co-founder and owner of Blue Lion, and we, uh, it was absolutely our pleasure to have you. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the stories and information you heard on today's podcast, find more by subscribing to Business NH Magazine or visiting businessnhmagazine.com. I'm Matt Mowry. And I'm Nathan Carroll. BizCast NH is a production of Granite Media Group. 